Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. Remember seeing the Black Klansman and thinking, wow, what a great movie, number one, and number two, who the hell is this costume designer? Well, she is our next guest, Marcy Rogers. Remember that name? It's going to be a household name. Not only is she an author, a shoe designer, a costume designer, she's done Spike Lee, she's got to have it, the Wu-Tang and American Saga. She's my friend after this. I am so lucky to have had her as a guest and now a friend in my life. And well, you know what? The rest is history. Come join us. Hi. I love your background. Thank you. It's so good. Is that just like somewhere in your house or did you put that up for today? No, it's it's actually in my parents' house, but I figured I'd make it festive for you. Oh, I love it. Okay, let me turn my volume up. Let me get my okay. la- and your, your glasses and your shirt. Oh, man. Thank you. This is cool that I actually am getting to meet you and talk to you technically for the first time. Yeah, totally. Thank you for being here. So are you in Chicago? Where are you at? I'm in Chicago. I'm in the north suburb of Chicago. I'm in Evanston. And that is where you're from? Yes. It's interesting because we're going to get into it, but I looked at your history of your schooling. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's great. (laughs) Your studies are insane. So it's like, where is she really from? This is nuts. So um, I just wanted to, first of all, everybody, this is Marcy Rogers. We're going to get into... uh, her work and uh, all these articles and everything that's like happening in your life right now. But uh-huh. how has it been recently during quarantine? Have you, what have you been doing mentally for yourself besides watching this show? No. <laughs> um, well, I've been doing a lot of praying, purging. Right, right. Um, releasing, regrounding. Um, I've also actually during this time, I wrote a children's book that of course you did slowly telling people about yeah yeah, i've I've put myself against a deadline so i'm kind of you know scratching my eyeballs out about that um so you're like i've got five minutes and i gotta go (laughs) right no 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 (laughs) and then i have um i've actually been watching a lot of old movies reading Mm -hmm. a lot um and just taking a step back totally no thankfully i've been able to be home with my family so I've been in Chicago for the most part and just in my childhood bedroom. See, that's cool. There's something about that too, right? Oh, for sure. Of of grabbing that. I don't know if I I went home to my childhood bedroom. I think my brother's child lives there now. That's a whole nother story though. Right. (laughs) I was like, I ain't going home. Well, I want to run through 
first of all, your website. I, I love it. You've got, do you handle that? Or do you have somebody because you've got your articles or you do them and they're up there. Is that you? Yeah, it's been me. Good job, man. Because I have, I have my friends, um, Meredith and my friend Allison, costume designers, are always like, oh, I got to get to my website. I'm like, you can do it. Don't be scared of it. But your yeah. website is, you have it all in there. So I'm going to look at my notes because recently, you guys go to her Instagram. Under her Instagram will lead you to her website. So you've got this great article, Footwear News. Now, th was that recently, right? Yeah, that was last week. Dude, and that photo, stop it. Like, that's so Thank good. You. Thank you. <laughs> so good um gq complex i mean you've got article after article and uh, i'm gonna go through marcy's credits and i always have a problem i start talking about the film so we're gonna get back to your credits so i'm just gonna go through them real quick sure. um you've got spike lee's academy award winning film for adapted screenplay black Klansmen, mm -hmm. like one of my favorites of last uh 2018 uh, then she's got to have it, which is technically they call it a reboot, but it's of his 1986 mm -hmm. film, right? So it's got mm -hmm. roots from that. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Steven Sonnenberg, I note High Fly Bird. I want to see that. It's got yeah. my um, Zazie Beats yep. from Atlanta. Okay, yes. how is she? I love her. She's amazing. She's amazing. <sighs> she's that good. Because, I mean, for, I was hooked on her with Atlanta. I'm like, who is this girl? And then she was in Deadpool and kind of just blew up. Oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, she was great. And then you got to work with Amy Ryan on Lost Girls. She's such a talent. Like that. Oh, she was amazing. That movie, you got to be ready to watch that, right? It seems a little hard to watch. For sure. I mean, the topic is just hard to just swallow, particularly being a woman. So, yeah. I watched the trailer and I was like, I want to watch this, but I got to be, I got to be ready for it. Right. Yeah. You have to definitely be in a mindset for it. And looking at all your different work, which people were already talking about how much she's got to have people, the comments, they love it. So we've got fans on here and I'm going to get into, uh, you know, the journey of that show and the clothes. Sure. But uh, first of all, one of the, questions that I do ask everybody and everyone always uh, DMs me. How did they get in the business? How did you get in the business? Can you give me the cliff notes of I'm gonna so here here's where if I found I could be tell me if I missed anything and for all you students watching I've got one word study this woman studied and she went to school I've got Howard University where Ruth Carter went no, Florida Ruth, International. No. Oh, Ruth no. Went to Hampton. Which was so interesting because I found two articles that accredits her going to Howard. Ruth went to Hampton and I went to Howard. And she speaks there. I think that's maybe where they got confused. She speaks. She has spoken at Howard. Yes. I think that's what it was because I was looking yeah. up and I was like, did Ruth go? Thank you for that correction. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Florida International University, London Fashion College. Central St. Martin's, yeah. And then at the end, you ended your schooling career at the University of Maryland? Mm hmm Okay, so can you give me the cliff notes of your journey through all that schooling and how it spit you out into the costume design world? Short story, I say God, but um, mm. I started off at Howard. I always had a passion for fashion but I was majoring in business, as you saw. So I yes. obtained a degree in marketing. Okay. And then I um, 
left Howard. I came back home and I worked at Tiffany and Company. Wasn't, I would say, the most exciting job I had. Right. So I left and moved back to D.C. where I was the assistant director of admissions at Howard University School of Law for eight years. And at eight that years. point is when I obtained my MBA. And then also I um, studied at Central St. Martin's. But I kind of want to back back a bit because I actually wanted yeah. to be a dean of a program. I wanted to be a dean of a fashion program. So that was why I got my MBA as well as the certificate in fashion. And then I was introduced, or I should say reintroduced to my mentor, Reggie Ray, who was a Broadway costume designer and a teacher and professor at Howard University in the theater arts program. Is that why and, I see on your website uh, theater, right? And that's, yes. is that where that comes from? Oh, those pictures are really, really cool. So that's the transition that you got into. That's really cool. Okay. Go so, on. yeah, so Reggie was designing a few shows, unfortunately, right before he passed. And um, as he transitioned, I was basically given the baton or passed the baton from the D.C. theater community to design theater. Wow. Um, but the year Reggie passed, he was designing a uh, Broadway show, Holler If You Can Hear Me, based I on the music of Tupac. And... Um, that is when I worked up enough nerve to introduce myself to, I call him Mr. Lee. The world know him, knows him as Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah. And um, I introduced myself to him. I told him why I was there. And we, we engaged in conversation. And then I'd say, right, I had just defended my thesis at University of Maryland when he reached out to the program to see if I could design season one of She's Gotta Have It. And that was really my transition. I, transition out of Maryland into what I knew was theater but then I was going into TV and film. Now what what was Spike's connection Mr. Lee's connection to that play? Was that his he play? Just, he just oh. as you I mean as you hear him say all the time he's he loves he loves theater he loves Broadway because his mother would take him there when he was a child so um yeah he was just that was involved. pretty much yeah. it. Yeah now did you I saw that you it kind of reminded me, I mean, not all your awesome degrees, but you've got a couple assisting uh, mm -hmm. credits, but you went right into designing. How did that, did you feel, you know, coming from theater and uh, TV, it is a little bit different. You had enough training. Was that on Chirac? Was that where you were on? Chirac? Chirac. Um, for, oh, for Chi-Town, duh. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It was, we I definitely had training because I worked with, uh, I assisted Ruth and Ruth McGee on that it. show. I was the, I was actually their production assistant. Um, I pretty much on that show, I would say, yes, it was a lot of experience, but it was yeah. so much that was happening. I think at the time that I kind of took on the role of, which you and I both know is sometime illegal, is the, how do I don't want to say this, is the passer offer of shopping. So, totally. mm -hmm. Um, and I would assist them with shopping, you know, more so because yeah. I'm, and what I mean by assist is I would tell them where to go to shop. Totally. Um, because I'm from Chicago, so I know, you know, our aesthetic, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that part introduced me to, I think, the pace of film. And that's, I think that's the make or break is the pace. Right. I think you got people that come in and they're like, I'm out at 10. I was like, 
okay, but it's probably not going to be the industry for you. But yeah, the pace is one of the most important things for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So then out, so transitioning into she's got to have it. That was through, obviously through Spike, but that was after assisting Ruth. No, it was and actually assisting Janetta Boone. I assisted Janetta Boone on um, Girl from Compton. So when I graduated from Maryland, I decided to go to Cincinnati and take a PA position to learn the ins and outs, pretty much Smart. the start and finish of, of TV film. At the time yeah. it was filmed because I feel like I needed it and to be a better leader from in my Great. what I thought in my brain was to see the ins and outs, start to finish mm -hmm. of the costume, costume department. So that's pretty much what I did. And then when I wrapped in Cincinnati, I drove back home mm. and I'd say maybe two or three months later, that's when I was designing season one of She's Gotta Have It. It's so awesome. That's like that, like you say, your leadership, God, spot, you know, you've got all those things that come into play. Now, starting, your first TV show with Spike, uh, my, I always think about someone like that, the collaboration, the original boards, the how, this is a stupid question, but I think people need to know this. How involved is Spike in the character development? Now I know that it's everything, you know, comes from up here, but how physically and, you know, phone, how involved is he? So Spike, so thankfully Spike allowed me to use my creativity on, on most of the characters. I mean, granted, Mars is very, and I've said this over and over again, but Mars is very intimate to him. So totally. um, what I did was I pulled together a slew of research that I could basically communicate each character. Because you got to think about it, I was going from theater to film. So mm -hmm. it's the same process, but not really because you know in theater it's a little bit more intimate you have these production meetings you have all these you have the time of the director and and right. with a network i found not only do you have the director but you also have the network sometimes that actually want to see how you put together everything yeah. in your vision so i started off with a lot of research and i to answer to your in answer to your mm -hmm. question i would ask mr lee what type of music each character would would listen to and to me that informed how I would add texture or take away texture or color or not to to each character <clears throat> and for Nola I would say one of the notes that he gave me was Nola listens to Prince which Ooh. Ooh. we know so that kind of allowed me to be able to a diving off point for her Mars the only thing he told me is Mars wears Jordans I have a whole thing about that. I dove in. I so, think it was like one thirty in the morning. I was going to town because my my niece and nephew. That's all they do. They enter the drop the raffles and the call to get the sneakers. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they're totally. obsessed with them. And so I have a question about him. You know, it's interesting that you said about the music. Marilyn Vance, who I had on uh, about five guests ago, she did Ferris Bueller uh, Breakfast Club. So she did oh, all. Oh, she did. But here's a like. If you look up her resume, she did everything and one of the things that she said um was the director the writer you know of all of them he would sit down and they would sit next to each other and he would say this song will be playing during this scene pretty in pink this song will be playing during this scene and that's their communication kind of very mm -hmm. similar to you so you get like 
world, you know, where they're, where they come from is what they listen to a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love because music informs your mood. So it can, music can, and, and it can help your mood or, or not. So, um, and it, it helps you express sometimes like even getting ready for like, sure. Depends on what you listen to and like how you end up looking. Right. Exactly. That day. And so working with Spike, is it, it's, you know, he's such a, even a black Klansman, which I'll get into, he's such a foreshadowing of like, or what's happening, what's going to happen. And it's so interesting. Like, did you, I mean, obviously, but did you learn so much from him just in the process of like what you could apply to the next job and how he spoke? Cause when you got to work on black Klansman, you knew that language, right? Already? For sure. I mean, I think, you know, as a, as a professional, you should always want to grow and not just with Spike because after I worked with Spike, I worked with Christopher Morris, who's a director out of uh, London, and he's held okay. as, you know, the London version of Spike, so to speak. So I think you just have to figure out uh, any and every director that I work with, I've been thankful enough to that they're well-respected. So I've, mm -hmm. I've figured out a way to speak a language where I can get the information that I need to do my job, if that makes sense, and be creative. So <clears throat> I, well, I think we have to be we have to let our ego go and we have to really understand like i can get an answer and communicate that much more quicker if i for sure speak that language for sure you know some people are animated some people are quiet you know it's just i think that's a i think that's a leader skill too yeah you just gotta know the room totally totally yeah. um okay so to get into black Klansman, which mm -hmm. you worked with two of my boyfriends um, you've got John David Washington. I don't know if okay. I have a lot of boyfriends on, okay. all, on most of my shows. I've got boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, and I remember watching the trailer and I'm like, I think that's Denzel's kid. And I yeah. like close my eyes. I'm all, dude, that's Denzel. So first boyfriend. And then Adam Driver. Yes. Like what, what talents? And it won best adapted screenplay mm -hmm. up for 19 nominations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> When you were, when you got, how about this? When you got the script for that, did you know this was going to be something that epic and that special? Because it literally is about using the white privilege, at, the voice is the white privilege to get, sure. to infiltrate into the KKK. And I could imagine like reading the script, like how did it, like this is going to be something big or profound? It was something big and profound. I think for me, when I signed, well, I shouldn't say I signed up. Well, he sent me the script. I guess I did yeah. sign up for it. Um, yeah. He, I just wanted to make sure that everything was accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I will say that I knew it would be special when yeah. I had just returned home from Dominican Republic when I was doing the movie there. And I saw what you then see at the end of Black Klansman when Heather... Um, unfortunately, the protester was dragged under the car in Virginia. And I remember Spike saying, I'm going to put this in the movie. But he never yeah. said where he was going to put it in the movie. Yeah. Um, we were actually in a production meeting. And that's when I realized, for me, it was a, it was a full circle moment. But okay. again, and you know, just going through the thick of it, you just want to give right. it your all. So when... It was well received. Of course, I was excited, you know, and yeah, yeah, to yeah. have compliments from those who are older than me say, I feel like I was back in the 70s was that to me was priceless. 
it because they're they're the experts they're the ones that like i remember going to this uh uh, film in Canada, it was, you know, they're going through their own issues with the indigenous, you know, finally speaking up and things are coming out there. Mm -hmm. And in the theater, oh, I had chills. You had these uh, old school indigenous, like jewelry, hair, everything. And they started singing and it was tears, tears. Oh, I'm because sure. The film was so authentic and so right that they were actually a chill part of it so that right. compliment is like you got it right you did this you did us just you know you did that time justice well for me it was more of a compliment to have our peers nominate me for the cbg yeah so that was my first big award were you there where did you go that year i was there you did okay okay because yes. it's always so interesting because the, it's i fly in from wherever i'm shooting i love that night isn't that night so fun it's yes, just, it's like our prom, sort of. <laughs> it's so our Oscars, basically. I tell, I always try to take, I try to treat like an assistant and say like, or a PA that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And they're like, is it fun? And I was like, imagine costume designers dressing up. That's better than the Oscars. The yes. shit that you see, you're just like, wow, that is amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the questions uh, I was thinking about I've read so many articles on Black Klansmen and the time period and your use of color and your use of, of accessories. And that was one of the things I remember sitting in the theater going, oh, his, Ron Stallworth, right? That's his mm -hmm, last name. Mm -hmm. His accessories were, it was hard to explain. They're so uh, statementy, but they're not overpowering the outfit. And I read in my article, you actually got to talk to the guy Yes, I got to meet Ron Starworth. Mm -hmm. How was that? It was great. I was, you know, of course I was nervous. Um, yeah, yeah. But I walked up to him and I introduced myself as a costume designer. And I felt like that, I felt like I had no other choice because I was telling his story Lovely. through my, you know, through my artistry. So I just asked him, you know, what he wore when he was undercover. I actually asked him what jewelry he wore. Oh, um, cool. I was wondering if that... I was inspired him. from him, me. actually. Yeah, he, I, I, you know, you remake things, but he so, told me course, certain things that he wore. Um, and I just took the information and ran with it. So when Klansman came out and he actually got a hold of me and he told me, good job, kiddo. So I think I he did. did. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. Your jewelry, where did you, because the jewelry was so special. Where did you source that, find that vintage, <clears throat> make that? Did you combo a little bit of both? I made most of it. Oh, you some did. Of it was, oh. Most of it was made. Some of it was sourced. But as you know, you have to have multiples of things. So that went back to my theater days where you just make things. And it's thankfully option, yeah. in the 70s, you know, it was a lot of suede necklaces, a lot of beading. So that was easy to not make, but just. But to replicate. replicate. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll remember like my set girls, if there's like a piece I really want and they're like, where's the double? And I'm like, I have to go, I have a meeting. And they're like, exactly. What? <laughs> they're exactly. Like, no, don't do this to me. Yes. Um, something else that I noticed and uh, I, maybe it wasn't intentional, but you had the seventies uh, heart of the movie, but it, it didn't overshadow it. It wasn't overdone it wasn't like uh, my eyes weren't distracted like even the use of color combination and the pattern mixing eat 
that still didn't put me out. Was that an intention of you wanted to make sure 70s, but there was something relatable about it, even watching it in 2018, where I didn't feel I was totally taken out. I mm -hmm. still got to digest. Was that, did that just happen by your use of uh, choice of fabrics or was that an intention of? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, yeah. it depends. Yeah. Um, I think I was very purposeful, obviously, you know, most of my design, it, it started off with the number one who was Ron Stallworth and then right. I trickled down, so to speak. So sometimes I always try to start when I design with the number one, Me they too. set the yeah. color palette Me too. and then I, I let everyone else kind of fall in between. Um, so the good thing about, um, Ron's partner was he wore plaid. Totally, and, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's good. But what I did do for Black Klansman was I was very strict about keeping those worlds separate. The Black Student Union and then the, you know, the members. Smart. I love, what was the girl's, what was the girl's character's name the, with the Patrice? poncho? Patrice. It, she was, I mean, besides the fact that she's like dropped and stunning, mm -hmm. what you did with her color combination and her patterns, you and now I see why you come, you know, you come from theater, you come from film, and that doesn't happen a lot when you watch TV. And I know that you've caught this before. You're watching four different characters and you did this great and she's got to have it. You are watching these characters and you're like, I can't even tell the difference and the worlds overlap. You, I can't, I hate that. I'm like, so she wears that same necklace that she would? Like, that doesn't make sense. You do such a good job at separating their worlds yet. It doesn't, you know, like it still is, it works together. Does that, do you pull the line and students that are watching this, it's something that a designer does when they pull the episode or they pull the show. Do you pull the line together or do you send it separately? This is just me, a curious question. Cause you um, are seamless. Your people do not cross over and they do not conflict in their looks. Um. It just happens that way. <laughs> no, so it depends. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the project. So for huh. for Klansman, like I said, I started off with the number one, and then right. I trickled down. Um, and for she's got to have it. That and it's that was like an Arubis cube always because you know you have so many different characters. Season one, I was literally like, not. It was just trying to figure out, and and more so being strict about creating. A look for the characters other than what was already set forth um but for Wu Tang I mean all the boys started to look the same because that, they were going to look the same because they look the same you know what I mean so totally um and that's okay so um but they still you still had everyone still got that little character piece like just because their flavors you know are very similar you still you you still make your mark. I can see the the Marcy mark. Like you're really good at that. I was looking at all your work and um, uh, oh, one other thing I was looking at too with Black Klansman. Do you do your own sketches or do you ever work with a concept artist? I do my own sketches. I do my. I always do my own sketches. <laughs> Are you quick? Like that's my dream, and I think I want to start taking more classes. Like I just want to be able to, and I can sketch, but it's so like, do you do it quick on the spot or do you take the time? Can you translate it? Like if you're talking to a director, just right on the spot. I can translate. I mean, I yeah. can do it really quickly, but I prefer, I mean, I work in watercolor. Yeah. Um, so I'll go and actually, actually that's one thing that like anybody who works with me, especially my assistants, shout yeah. out to the assistants. Um, 
<laughs> I like create this little ambiance and I'll just sit there and I'll sketch and I'll um, use watercolor. Sometimes I use acrylic. Sometimes I use pastel. It depends. Um, but I've gotten quicker at, you know, Good. taking Discussing. what I have and then <coughs> shooting it off. But I also use, now I'm going to start using my iPad. Because, you know, mm -hmm. as you know, typically if I have a rendering that I have already made, I yeah. can just go in and just render over it to to show the that change, the thought yeah. process has changed. Yeah. But I think it was funny because I'm working, um, oh, I'm on pause, but with the Steven Soderbergh movie now, and there was a concept artist at the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, this was the first time I ever worked there. Yeah. And she walked past our office and she saw my renderings for Kill Switch. Oh. And she was like, I haven't seen that in forever. <gasps> and, you know, and I'm I'm admiring her work because she's a concept artist. Oh my and God. She's like, she was like, please keep in touch with me. And I told her, I was, I said, this took forever for me just to sit there and do it. And, you know, the beautiful thing about sketching, which I know you didn't ask, is yeah, no, it I translates hear. for me from sketching to mm -hmm, painting mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. fiber swatching. And that way I can get this, you know, it's something mystical and mysterious about the rendering. And that's what I learned at University of Maryland. My professor there, she was, a, she is a visual artist and costume designer. So she was very strict on us about learning how to interpret art and art is costume design right well if that makes sense I, no no it, it makes sense because I think it's what people forget too is that you can do my, my friend who uh works in the fashion business and she does the flat sketches I was trying to say the importance of the sketch with the right Trish Somerville was saying this we had a um a zoom about a week ago and it's like but how do you get into it how does it move? Where's the zipper? And the art is the, uh, to me, it's the ability to communicate to the director, to the tailor. And you know, you could have, you could work with someone like, if I worked with a new sketch artist, I was like, oh, we're gonna have to go on this journey. And I finally, yeah. this girl, she, and bless her heart, she's freaking awesome, her name's Lena. And finally I said, can you come over? Cause we were trying to do it via phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can you sit with me? And I sat with her and she goes, Oh, I get it now. And I said, you know, I need the swag behind it. I need the energy, but I need the art behind it. And that comes through in your sketches. And I thought that was so cool that you do your own and you're able to put the meaning behind it. And then you get to say the feeling of the fabric, you right? The colors sure. and how it's going to be done. That's something I, that, um, now you doing them on the iPad, is that something you had to teach yourself? Take class, like, Yes, another... that's going to be a process. But but while yeah. I was at um, University of Maryland, I did learn uh, the skill of, of Photoshop and actually using renderings in Photoshop. So I don't, you know, what you saw for, which has been published for Black Klansmen, yeah. there was no background. But <clears throat> what I do sometimes is um, I will put a background behind my rendering. And I also use different poses, which to me communicates the character because if the pose is there with attitude and I'm you know I'm rendering on that then the the director will then understand where I'm coming from and why I chose what I chose so I and you can do that well, in photoshop right yes I, I do it in photoshop my that girl that same girl Lena she's like this cute little white girl with like red hair and I was explaining who the character was and then she was so cute she brought it to me with like this graffiti backdrop and I was like nice like yeah she got it you know the the connection i i love that i'm gonna look more into that um okay so she's got a habit 
it, this is where I did. So I started to do the deep dive into your work and then I got caught on Mars Blackman. Like I stopped, everything stopped. I of read course. about his, sh come on. So that is definitely based off of Spike's character, Mr. Lee's character in the original, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Crooklyn hat, nod to Crooklyn, the Brooklyn. Uh, film. So I was- And Brooklyn. And, and Brooklyn, a club, but cause his yes. is Brooklyn, right? The yes. original. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, oh, I was gonna ask, is the Crooklyn, was that yours or Spike's idea? That was Spike's hands down, I, but, I, I, but yeah, that was Spike's. But he, you know, he, when he came to me and this was season one, he said, I wanna yeah. recreate the bicycle hat. Can you help me? That's Can cool. we make it happen? So That's we made it cool. happen. It was, it's perfect. And the character and uh, he's looking into all of his different sneakers. Here's one of the questions that my niece was wondering too. So there were, there's photos of every single sneaker that he wore. And then there's one that he didn't take off during sex or something. Oh <laughs> like yeah. The, they yeah. have this whole article on it. So my favorite was the Prince, the purple, um, what was it called? The Deep Royal Jordan? Yes, 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 yes. That was a good one. Now, uh, my question is working so closely with the brand and a label and all that, did you, were they free? And did you get to design any? No. no. Some of them were free and some of them what? weren't. Here's, the, here's, here's what I tell people in, 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 in all fairness to Nike. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I learned is Nike keeps only a certain amount of those shoes in the vault. So back yeah. in the 90s, when there was like a plethora of shoes, yeah. which is another topic. And it's funny you asked me this, because I'm actually thinking about starting the whole thing on the sneaker culture, um, yeah. meaning like an Instagram live or a YouTube video. That's to Well, come. we'll talk later because there's my friends writing a, a, a show and like it's, you know, it's a whole culture. It's right. a freaking so, culture. It's insane. So what I found is that, you know, um, Nike and Jordan has the vault. Okay. There's only so much in the vault. And then you got to think about it. They don't have per size, so to speak. Oh, true. The so, size thing, true. Um, the cool thing about Mars, and when I went to start to shop for his sneakers, was I was able to go to Flight Club in New York, as well as Stadium Goods, and literally go through their wall and pick out each Jordan that we wanted for Mars or that I chose for Mars just yeah, intuitively because yeah. I kind of had a look in mind. Um, and I did get to design one sneaker, but I was for Nola. Oh, okay. 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 Um, but and was that with enough, Nike? I got to design a sneaker for Wu-Tang. I actually designed Air Force One for Wu-Tang, but it's, it, yeah. Oh, can I look that up? <clears throat> Is that gonna? Is that? I can see you a photo of it. You could see it, but it's like, yeah. it's, it was one of the characters, um, and because of copyright issues, I had to take the Nike off, and I just Ugh. created my own. Have you I just seen my own sneaker, sneaker? Perfect. Have you seen uh, the? I don't know when it drops. I have to ask my nephew because he's like obsessed with it. The new Dior. Of course. Okay, but it's not out for. Cause they say it's going for twelve thousand. Dollars? Uh, probably resale, yes. Yeah, yeah, for resale, exactly. Yes. There's an article, not an article, but an interview with the designer. And mm -hmm. have you seen that? They go, it is so sick. They go into the wear of the bottom. I mean, you know how they geek 
out. And I started getting into this. So I was like, oh my God, this whole sneaker world is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was saying, uh, I put great job with the worlds that you did on you. Uh, She's Gotta Have It because I've never even seen it. And I started watching some of it. Now this was interesting. There was, um, was this season two when they kind of took on the spiritual transformation? When yes. they, was it took place in Puerto Rico? Or so they, so she, yes, yes. And answer yeah. your question, yes. And then that's when she was introduced to Osho. It was so beautiful because I remember just looking at photos of like, what is this show? And I had all these, I saw these beautiful head wraps, but then I saw streetwear. I was like, how did she combine those two? So making that transition not be like over the top or ridiculous. Where did mm -hmm. you, what were your steps in the sourcing? Did you actually get to go to Puerto Rico? Yes, I was there. Did you shop more there or what, what was your For that episode? Yes. Yeah. Okay. For that okay. episode, yes. So for Oshun's character, I actually, so there was, so there were two Oshuns, but there was, you saw the one Oshun that made it With to the, screen. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Um, and, uh, I made her costume actually in Brooklyn and, okay. yes. And I had, I was consulting, um, someone of the Europe of faith. So she, she was, she, she gave me some pointers, but prior to yeah. me even, I guess, building her costume, I rendered mm -hmm. it and then I showed oh. it to Spike. So basically, actually, what Beautiful. you saw on screen was a yeah. bit of my rendering in oh. the mosaic, because oh, the really? idea is that you, the oh. idea is that you see her in the yeah. mosaic, and then she comes off of the screen, and then Nola looks, and then it's Ocean as a oh. person. Wow! So that was pretty cool. Um, beautiful. Those colors. Did you? Was that what the fabric was, or did you dye it? I mean, those colors. No, it was two fabrics. It was actually chiffon. It was a green Beautiful. under. It was a gold overlaid over the green. So the green was, the green was um, iridescent. So when it moved, you saw. It almost looks like I wish I had sent it to you, but you, if you see my rendering, you can see yeah. it almost looks like a shadow. But when the light uh, hits it, you could tell it's green. So pretty! Oh my god! Character. It was so gorgeous. And um, I shopped uh, there for a lot of the jewelry. Just for like That's... the Kari shells and the um, and like the shells and the beading, I got that in Puerto Rico. It was so beautiful. There was one outfit. Okay, I want to make sure it's it's Noah the one that ends up doing the white on the white on the white and the white. Did you get mm -hmm. to drape that? Like, was that a whole? I actually made like, her dress. You you. It is so special. It is so beautiful. And I was like, I bet she made the crap out of that. It was so I beautiful. Made it. Yeah, Did you have doubles? I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you have multiples because it was white? Of course. <laughs> My God, yes. So yes. pretty. It's your clothes alone on that show make me want to watch it. Did you? And that only that went two seasons. Yes. Was it? Was it a busy show? I mean, was it? For sure. Yeah, you had a lot yeah. of. You had definitely had a lot of characters. Um, now, yeah. were you working on anything when we went down when lockdown? Quarantine? Yes, I was working on Kill Switch with Steven Soderbergh. So that's cool. Like that relationship happened mm -hmm. after uh, the, bird. the bird one. And then did he, his people called you back to do this? Obviously. He reached out to me and told me that he had a um, film that he's shooting in Detroit and he asked me would I be interested? And of course. 
Love. So, I've heard great things about working with him. Okay, so you still have to go back to shooting, actually. Yeah, we were two weeks out. We shut down. We were two weeks, two and a half weeks out of shooting or principal photography. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll actually be starting over, basically. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of people I know, it was right at the beginning of their productions. And mm -hmm. one of my friends said she was shooting Atlanta, the Underground Railroad. They had been shooting it sure. for... 16 months yeah i'm familiar and they just pulled the plug peace out like cameras just <clears throat> peace out the shit's there the so you know. is amazing yeah isn't she's became i literally reached out to her and my friend meredith who's also a costume designer you you might know her she's uh i she goes oh look at this costume designer she's so cool i was like i'm gonna get her on my show so i started texting carolyn eslin mm -hmm. i can't say her last name and i looked at her credits she kills it with yeah. Moonlight, the Bill Street, and we became really good friends. And she's uh, taking care of her father right now, so okay. um, I wanted to have her on this. Okay, so we've got about 15, 14 minutes left. Sure. I'm gonna do my Mandy's minutes. We're gonna make it quick, and then I wanted to ask you questions for the students that I've got all this um, DMs about you. These college students are fascinated by you. Okay, if you had to be a fly on the wall for any film, TV show, director, costume designer, movie, film, TV show, what, which one would have been past, present, doesn't matter. Just to take in and learn. Like, God, I wish I, I always say, if I could be watching Julie Weiss and 12 Monkeys, like that movie, I would die to be. Is there a show that you would have loved to have just watched the process? Malcolm X. Yeah, okay, okay. God, I wonder how long ago. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah, that, that would have been hands down one of the best to me. Right, that's but, that's a, no, that's a good one though. I know I love hearing people's because it reminds me. Number one, have I seen their favorite? And number two, like, has it stayed with me? Okay, is there a trend you never want to see again? You've done a <laughs> lot of genres. I know you have one. <sighs> Actually, no, not really. I think You're okay they're with all it? special. Okay. They all served a purpose. Like people ask me about my tattoos. Do you want to get rid of any of your tattoos? And I was like, no, my ex-boyfriend that slept with my ex-best friend, they all served a purpose. Right, right. <laughs> they all Fair enough. Something. Exactly. Take them off. Um, okay. Uh, what was it? If you wanted to... One word that you wanted to... Ooh, this is a good one. If there's one word that you want to, because uh, sometimes I go back to like, what have I learned from this time, this quarantine? What is it? What word do I go to on those days? Is there like a word that resonates with you daily that you, you know, whether it's God, what, whatever it is that you want to make sure that you take with you from this quarantine time? Is there like a, a phrase or a word that like sticks with you? Walk by something. faith and not by sight. I don't have a pen. I'm going to go back and write this down. This is good. No, I was talking to Rita McGee or texting with her last night just about something. And she said, oh, you know, God has this. Like, you're, God's got this. You, you right. just have to be able to see it. It'll hit you. But it's really interesting how, like, during these times, faith comes out. And um, I really, uh, I, need to, I need to pay attention to those uh, more mm -hmm. uh it, 
if you were to trade positions with anyone on the crew, doesn't have to be wardrobe department, who would it be? The DP. Oh, damn. That is it. That is always the answer. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Damn, I love those DPs. Okay. I, could, I would trade places with the director, but I mean, you know, they're hand in hand. No, the DP though, that's like, I, I didn't think I realized that. Like when I first got in the industry, I'm like, oh, look at that grip. Oh, look at that. I was like, ooh, look at that DP. Like that is I, yeah. what they get to see. Okay. Um, as, and I do, I just, the more I got to know your work, the more I got to talk to you as a fierce black woman in, in the industry, I have a lot of students texting me like, well, you know, it looked like their career happened overnight or, you know, it seems like it was easier for them. And I feel like I'm hitting walls and doors are closing is there's no way that your journey was easy. You know, did you, is there any advice? And again, Lou Irick had said, you know, everyone's journey is their own, but I know even when I come in with tattoos or a shaved head, there's people that are like, you know, and I know it. Is there right. advice that you can give these young black costume designers that DM me about like that already preconceived notion of these doors are going to close on me. They're not going to open. Is there an experience that really showed you that there can be change and there hopefully will be, you know, with, with. with yes. <clears throat> I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, in answer to your question about the, it not being easy, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, I like that. I like that. And, you know, I think somebody actually just said it, and it's true, you know, it's that saying of 10 years or 10,000 hours. I think you have to be willing to put in time to, and sacrifice really to get what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. And not just manifest it, because I think manifestation goes through, like we were talking about with my renderings. I'm manifesting a look, mm -hmm, I'm manifesting mm -hmm. a design, but then I am, it's coming to life, be, and it's tangible. So, you know, for me in particular, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a theater background. You know, I, I came into University of Maryland from education and right. I was pretty much the underdog. And, you know, it was times where I would walk through the door of University of Maryland, the theater department and question why I was there. One, mm -hmm. because I was the only black woman. <clears throat> right or black person yeah. black program. and there were some times where I felt I was definitely ostracized um, right. for whatever reason but I didn't give up because what I realized is you know what I tell people is the idea of mentorship you're not representing yourself you're representing mm -hmm. a mentor so mm -hmm. this conversation we're having I'm Mark. representing Reggie Ray I I'm representing that. Helen Wong yeah. I'm representing Spike Lee right. I'm representing Ruth Carter I'm representing Ann Roth, who I've worked mm. with, who wow. opened her doors to me. She opened her doors to me on a 1920s movie, which I, you know, I was able to pull from her costume stock. Most people can't say that. No, um, no. I've worked with Paul Taswell. So these are the people that I'm representing, and they need to understand mm. that it's not about you. So I think when you realize it's not about you, then you're able to be a better team player and more so be receptive to the lesson that's coming from it right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so everybody's gonna have their entryway into costume design and they should yeah but you should never lose curiosity either you know and and, mm -hmm. and I, always, I always tell people don't try to be like somebody else because mm -hmm. you're not like i'm that. not you 
you know? So and we've learned that listening to all these interviews and I'm like, nobody took the same path. Nobody tried to be like, and you, you hear that all the time. Like what kind of costume designer you want to be? I'm like, me? My, I don't, that's who I, I want to be like me, you know? Right. I, and like you said, you have these people that you learn from that you're, that's under your skin that you've, you know, that have definitely going to, you know, support you in, in being the best costume designer. But I like that you said that it's not about, you know, anyone else to be like anyone else. But, and also I would say this because, yeah. you know, be okay with rejection and that can mm, be huge. not learning, not, not, and, you know, when you go to, let's just say you go to a grad program and you don't learn how to render day one, yeah. you're not going to yeah. learn how to draw day one. Like, that's not yeah. a process that happens overnight. It didn't happen for me. Totally. Um, you know, for me, I was actually, strangely enough, my director of my program was actually about to, like, dismiss me from the program because I my brain hadn't clicked over from, you know, the business side to the artistry side. Yeah. So I went and I sat literally in a class with two or two to three year olds and learn how to paint and watercolor i'm like a 30 something year old woman next to two five-year-olds no looking at me yet. like what are you doing here you know yeah, and so yeah, yeah. what i'm saying that to say when they did mu if they've gone all the way to the side and they know they can go they can't go any further then they've done everything that they've can like that, that they can like but that. if you know that you haven't I think it behooves you to figure it out or at least try to figure it out because rejection won't feel as hurtful. You know, mm -hmm, it would mm -hmm. be a moment of, of constructive criticism. So when it's time for you to step into that role, you know, you will understand, you will understand really what it means to whom much is given, much is required. And I think that's what people need to understand. And even I have to be reminded of that. You know, I'm I'm pretty young in this industry. Thankfully, oh my I've gosh. had you know I've had the people who have poured into me. I have Spike as a mentor, right? right. But even he sometimes have to say, Marcy. I I have my showrunners because sometimes I'll take things personally, and I had you know there was an experience that really taught me, Mandy. This has nothing to do with you. Take it in, hear what they're saying, because sometimes when we start to take it personally, the wall comes up. But you then, but, the, but you got to think about it. The wall is coming up on both sides because totally. we're adults here. Right, right. You know, well, you, you present to be an adult. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, makes, that makes total sense. I love that because I think that that first feeling of rejection, some people can, you know, it's not for them. But I love that. I was rejected right. twice by Reggie. Right, right. Wow. Okay, no, I love, I love that we're, we're ending with something like that. So I was going to say... Um, number one for parting words, you've kind of already dropped on that, but where do you, where do you get your hats? That's what I want to know. Well, <clears throat> it depends on where I am, but I've gotten my hats. Uh, I get my hats from Baron Hats in yes. New York. Um, I have a big head. I have no hair and my head is so freaking huge. <laughs> but they, they size hats. I get my hats from, yeah. um, there's a gentleman that I work with out of Atlanta at mm. Warren Brothers. He customizes my hats. Um, my father actually has a hat maker, so I get hats. My dad gets our hats made here. Oh, I um, love it. JJ Hats in New York. Uh, to be honest, if I find a hat and I like yeah. it, I just... It's gotten to the point where now my dad is trying to steal my hats. So <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Exactly. No, hats can just make it... I was speaking at this high school out here, 
called Oakwood and I, I had no idea what it was. I was speaking. And afterwards, um, I realized I'm like, this is like a rich school. And you know, I grew up with no money. So I couldn't, I didn't know what freaking private schools look like. And I started talking to the kids. And one of the girls said, Oh, is that a Gorin brothers hat? I was like, Yeah, she goes, Oh, it's my dad. I was like, Oh, that, that's what I said. I was like, Can I can we call him? Because I want to get that's your dad. That's actually when I did when I dressed Spike for um, the Capital One commercials. A lot of his hats come from Gorin Brothers. The majority of his hats come from, and they're getting Gorin good now. They're just getting good. For I want to say thank you, whoever made that donation. By the time, because Marcy is probably one. I'm gonna have one final guest, and I think I'm gonna sneak one or two in there. Um, but thank you guys because we probably will hit three thousand by the time my lives end. And I only started like I think five episodes ago working with. Uh, uh, equal justice initiative. And I'm so thankful I could, I mean, I have so many questions I could ask you. It's giving me two minutes uh, remaining. Sure. So you're in Chicago. Now, where were you shooting the Sodenberg? That was in Detroit? Yes. Okay. Have you got any heads up? Like a couple people in Canada, they're starting, a, you know, rapping. Have you had any word to going back to work yet? Supposedly in February, um, not so February, supposedly in September. <laughs> February, I'm like, supposedly, oh. but we'll see. Okay, okay. Well, I hope we stay in touch. I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. And I, I think it's cool how many people end up knowing each other in our oh, community. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, I love her. Oh my God, she's so awesome. And you online reading about you, your future, I don't even understand how you're so young with all your school and all, all your credits already. I mean, the world is yours. I mean, it's I'm really excited to see what you do next and thank you for taking the time to join me of course thank you for having me thank and you tell your dad tell your dad hi he sounds awesome I will. of course <laughs> he, he told me he's like hang my art up I'm like no daddy just no he did up. not he's like he's yes, like he styling your shoot he is I was like no so I'll tell him you said hi I love that thank you for being here and we'll text and we'll keep in touch and um your children's book I'll be waiting for that too oh yes I'll let you know for sure Seriously. Okay. I will. Thank you. Bye, girl. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Whoever made that, thank you, guys. I've got 20 seconds to talk. Thank you to Marcy. She's so, like, gorgeous. Her career is going to friggin' blow up. It's insane. All you students that ask me questions, don't give up. Be okay with rejection and take it in and let your ego go. Piggy. I'm going to go hang out with Piggy. Thank you guys for joining. Always. I, oh, 60, another donation. Fuck yeah. That is the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it.